Well, let's welcome you back to This Week in the Association. I'm Rob Pinear, joined once again by my good buddy Kevin Luco, and we are Kevin here after Game 5 of the American Association Championship Series, a Game 1 by the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks in 10 innings. They are the American Association Miles Wolf Cup champion. I don't know if I can do this show because this game has left me speechless. I... <laughs> I think this will be one that um, will go down the annals of history of the American Association, and I, I'm honored that I was even a part of it. Well, I'm going to tell you, Kevin, at the start of this game, there's a list of 10 things that I would have given to you that would not have happened in tonight's game. All of those things wound up happening. It was probably the craziest game I've ever seen. No doubt about it. I mean, you had just crazy stuff. I mean, like... Um, Huge innings by both teams, and, and and I thought the biggest thing to put on your um, didn't expect to see that table card would be a Keon Barnum steal third base and then a subsequent overthrow allowing him to lumber home. That that was really number one <laughs> for, for sure. Well, Kevin, let's talk about the, the pitching matchup today was Kevin McGovern versus A.J. Shugel. It looked like this was going to be a fantastic matchup in terms of pitching. I wouldn't have been surprised if this was a 2-1, 3-1 affair. It didn't turn out to be that way at all. It did not, and it was, um, I thought you could just tell with McGovern that he just was not as sharp as we have seen him in the past, and, you know, as you were talking with him after the game, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty professional on his part to just to say, hey, I don't have it tonight, let's turn it over to the pen. Well, the game got off in the first inning when the Milwaukee Milkman jumped out to a one nothing lead. Brian Torres, who was a menace to the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks all series long, led off with a single. He moved to second when Logan Trowbridge grounded a ball down to second base. It was misplayed by Peter Maris. Uh, a double play by Miguel Gomez moved Torres into third. And Keon Barnum, who has struggled to deliver with uh, people on base, wound up coming up with a big two-out single in the left, left center field to wind up giving Milwaukee a one-nothing lead. What was what was really impressive with that was that you got a guy, Keon Barnum, they're always going to have a pronounced shift on him. But I feel he recognized the importance of the situation and just said, okay, you're going to give me the left side of the field to hit. I'm going to take it. Ground ball where the shortstop would normally be goes right through one nothing Milwaukee. In the second, Fargo was able to go out and jump out to the lead there, Kevin. Hmm. Alec Owen grounds out to start the inning, but Sam Dexter hits a ball down the left field line that winds up taking a weird carom down on the corner past Aaron Hill as he's able to reach third on a triple, and all of a sudden the Redhawks were rallying. You know, it was like that just sparked the Fargo offense, uh, which had been stymied by A.J. Shugel in game one, and, well, Shugel was great the entire playoffs, but it looked like um, Fargo solved him tonight. The next batter is Evan Alexander, who works to count to 2-2 before drilling the ball over the right field wall. Huge hit for Alexander, but Kevin, let's talk about Shugel here for just a moment, because one of the things I was noticing is they were able to pull on him, and I don't know if he was tipping pitches or not, but they clearly could tell when he was going to give them the fastball and were able to pull it through the first couple innings. You know, and it, they faced him for six innings in game one, too, and maybe there was something there that they noticed with him that um, they went back, looked at some tape, and said, well, let's try a different approach with them. For Alexander, the huge two-run homer, his first of the playoffs, gives the Red Hawks a 2-1 to one lead at that point. And all of a sudden, this crowd was into it. You could tell Fargo was feeling it. Yeah, you know, there wasn't a ton of fans here. I don't know the, what the exact attendance was announced that tonight. But, you know, and we've, 
Yeah, around 1236, yeah. 1236, so you know, a little less than uh, two other nights, but as we were talking about up here during the game, they were engaged. I mean, 1200 here tonight, I've been here for a lot of games. 1200 tonight sounded like three or 4,000 on a regular night. Absolutely. And I, I do want to say, as Kevin and I are recording the show, that the, the man with the great information from the American Association, Carter Woodhill, in here at the booth with us. So when Kevin and I sound smart, that probably means Carter just told us something that makes us look like we know what we're talking about. In the third inning, the Milkman tied the score up as Brian Torres leads off the single. That brings Logan Trowbridge to the plate. He winds up lining a base hit, sending Torres to third, and that would be it for Kevin McGovern tonight. Yeah, well, once again, it was... Um you know, as we alluded to, it was a rocky start for McGovern, and from there it was um, time to turn it over to the bullpen, and, you know, it just was not the game we expected, you know, both starters struggled, and from there it just seemed like it turned into an endurance test between both pitching staffs. Now, I was a little surprised that Davis Feldman was the guy they called upon talking with Anthony Renz after the game. He s said to me that was the intention, that if Kevin McGovern needed to come out early, Davis was going to be the guy who came in. He winds up giving up a sacrifice play, but he pitched very well in this game. He did, and I thought, you know, as uh, if Fargo would have held on the win, I'm, you know, I was entertaining Feldman as a possible series MVP. But, you know, as we were going through the game, I think we – Probably had about six or seven guys earmarked for um, series MVP at one point or another. It was just that kind of a night. The score tied at two, heading to the bottom of the fourth. Sam Dexter, who had a huge night, leads off with a double. Evan Alexander follows with a single that sends Dexter to third. That brings up Nick Novak, who f hits a fly ball into center field that is caught, drives home Dexter. All of a sudden, the Red Hawks back on top, three to two. Yeah, and then you know, to mention with Alexander, after drilling a two-run homer, he reaches on a bun single, so... Um, he, he did it all tonight. Played the long game and the short game. After retiring Christian Correa, A.J. Shugel's night is over. Ben Holmes comes on and gets Peter Maris to pop out. And the Red Hawks hold on to a 3-2 lead coming out of the fourth. It stayed that way into the sixth in one of the craziest innings that you're going to wind up seeing in the American Association this season. Keon Barnum leads off of the base hit and moves to second on, an, on a wild pitch. That brings up Will Kenger, who winds up flying out to left field. That would be it for Feldman as Joe Jones came on, and a, a, a not, a, I guess, not a really surprising move. Feldman was—they were looking for just a couple of innings out of him. He had pitched very well. They go to Jones, but a little surprising it was Jones, Kevin. Yeah, I just felt like Jones. I believe he had pitched last night too, but I just—it just didn't seem like Jones has been all that effective in the playoffs. He's had a couple of real rocky outings, and tonight was one of them. And we'll talk about the play with Keon Barnum where let off a second and just start getting a running start. Jones has the ball. All he's got to do is make a good throw to third. Throw sailed on him and um, Keon Barnum with his legs. Turbo Barnum um, scored the tie and run and I just felt like after that the wheels just came off for Joel Jones. Absolutely. You could see it too Kevin is that all of a sudden you know, he, I think he was so stunned that that happened at third base, the Fargo Red Hawks third baseman hadn't even moved into position on the play. Leo Baldo Pena wasn't even over there. I think nobody anticipated that going. By the time Pena got there, the ball wound up sailing up the left field line. Uh, the error allowed Barnum to score. That brings up Hector Sanchez, who turns on a 1-1 pitch, drilling it over the right field wall, and all of a sudden the milkman, you could see it in that dugout. They were thinking, we have got this game now. Yeah, it was, 
you know, it was such a wild game of momentum shifts, and that was I thought was a huge one. Um, Sanchez, although you know the bad and average probably doesn't show for the series. I thought he had an excellent series, and I thought that maybe that home run was going to make him the hero of the night. Carl Chester and Aaron Hill follow with back-to-back -back walks. That ends the evening for Joe Jones, who did not retire a batter in the inning. Get, wound up giving up to, uh, a home run, a stolen base that turned into a run and two walks before his night is over. They call the Reed Burlingmayer, who pitched very well for them, gives up a fly ball to right field. Brian Torres follows with a single. That drives home a run as Carl Chester comes home. Next up is Logan Trowbridge, who drills a ball down the left field line. That brings Hill all the way around to score. And all of a sudden, Milwaukee really feeling it at that point, Kevin, as they have a three-run lead. Yeah, you just... Um thought well maybe this was the knockout punch for the game and that um, it was going to be Milwaukee's game for the taking. My, my apologies Burlingmeyer was not was kind of struggling out there he was getting some good pitches but Milwaukee was really able to take advantage of every opportunity that they had that brought Miguel Gomez to the plate who singled bringing home both Torres and Trowbridge at that point Kevin we're looking at the stats and seeing how well the series is going thinking Milwaukee's winner and Brian Torres is your MVP. Yeah, that was the uh, general consensus. Uh, I mean, Torres just had a, a great series, and you could just tell he was just, he was one of those guys that just, he was uh, an emotional leader out there, too. In the seventh, uh, Milwaukee hanging on to that 8-3 lead, but Fargo-Moorhead is able to battle back to wind up tying the game in a crazy inning for them. With one down, Peter Maris singles. That brings Drew Ward to the plate, who winds up singling as well. Two on and one down. Uh, ben Holmes' evening is over. He had pitched very well after taking over for A.J. Shugel. Did a fantastic job for the club. Peyton Gray came on. He struggled, Kevin. Yeah, you know, and it just... Peyton Gray had decent numbers for the Milkmen this year, but he just was not the Peyton Gray that we knew from 2020. He was um, a lot more vulnerable than he had been in the past. Next up was Leobaldo Pena, who grounds a ball to, to the second baseman. Uh, excuse me, Miguel Gomez throws to Jeremiah Burks. Originally, it looked like they were calling him out at second base, but after considering it over, they rolled it an error on the shortstop and him safe. Base is loaded and just one down at that point, Kevin. Yeah, I was, um, I got to do have to give the, it was a missed call at second, but I credit the umpires for huddling together and making sure that they did get the call right. After retiring Manuel Boscon, Alex Voland is walked. That brings home Peter Maris to make it 8-4. to four. Next up is Sam Dexter. A another huge error by Jeremiah Burks as his throw to, to the first baseman trying to record the final out of the inning. Winds up sailing up the line. Uh, Will Kenger cannot make the play. Two more runs come around to score. It is to 8-6. This crowd was erupting at that point, Kevin. You could feel that Fargo knew they were going to get back into this game. It was uh, just really exciting baseball. And... Fargo all year, you know, they they never quit, uh, and this was another example of it, and, you know, on the other side, too, Milwaukee, just too many errors, it just didn't, they did not play a, a sharp game in the field tonight, and you can't do that. You can't give extra outs to a team like Fargo because they will make you pay in the end. Well, defense was an issue for this team all season long, and it came down to bite him on the next batter, Kevin, as Rodrigo Benoit comes on to take over Peyton Gray. He gets a grounder from Evan Alexander that he's going to beat out the hit for a single, uh, but the throw from Gomez sails once again. Kendra not able to reach out for it there, and that allows both runners to come home to score. We have a tie game at eight at that point, Kevin. Yeah, I was just, um, you know, I was, I was up here... Um, 
behind the Carter Padilla and Michael Lang as they were doing the broadcast. I mean, we were just in disbelief. <laughs> and you know, it was um, it brought back memories, and not great memories for Fargo Moorhead as they were the victim, but the 2019 North Division Series when the Red Hawks got off to a five-run lead on St. Paul. And, you know, I was joking with Michael Lang when it became 8-3, to three, I said, Gee, whoever comes back from a five-run lead in a game five. <laughs> and once again, it happened. As maybe it's a whole different version of the hockey adage. Maybe the five-run lead is the most dangerous lead in baseball. This then became a battle of closers. Kevin, Alex DeBoer comes on in the eighth. He can two base runners reach on a walk and an intentional walk with two down, but he's able to strike out Will Kendra to end the frame. In the bottom of the eighth, uh, Rod, ben, excuse me, Benoit gives up a two-out single to Drew Ward. He also gets out of that inning. In the ninth, uh, both teams have an opportunity to get on the, on the scoreboard again. Hector Sanchez leads off with a walk. He's stranded there at first base. Manuel Boscon leads off the bottom of the ninth with a walk. Eventually moves to second on a walk to Evan Alexander with two down. But Benoit able to strike out Nick Novak to end the game. That sent the game to tenth, the tenth inning. And Kevin, man, the, the crowd was into it, but you could feel a lot of tension in both those dugouts. Nobody wanted to make a mistake at that point. No, they didn't. Um, and it was... Uh at that point, it was just a matter of who was going to endure, you know, who was going to have enough pitching to, to get through to get the victory, you know, because um, both teams' um, staffs have been pushed pretty hard. I really, you know, all night I, we were suspecting that Tyler Grower at some point was going to get the call out of the Fargo bullpen as he was out in the pen. But it was just a matter of whose pitching was going to hold out. DeBoard remained on in the 10th inning, wound up retiring the, side of the, retiring the side in order. Benoit came out. Frankie Bartow, who pitched three innings yesterday, came back into the contest here tonight, did not look particularly sharp, wound up walking Christian Correa, which has been a, a huge problem for Milwaukee throughout the series, Kevin. Correa, at the bottom of the order there, has gotten on base a lot in that ninth spot, got rallies going, and tonight he was the guy who got things going as well. Yeah, you know, the Wiley veteran um, managed to find a way to get on base. And, you know, he had a pretty beleaguered season with a batting average, but there was never any doubting what he does behind the plate to help the pitchers out. And so I guess, you know, it was justice for him that uh, he got to be part of the rally to win the game. Peter Maris follows with a base hit. Drew Ward then drills a line shot that winds up being caught by Jeremiah Burks at short for the first out of the inning. That brings Leobaldo and Pena to the plate. He gets 1-1 uh, in the count before dropping a single into center field. Uh, Brian Torres chases in, trying to pick up the ball and make a play to the plate, but there is no way that they're going to cut down Wheels Correa as he scores a game-winning run, giving the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks their first American Association championship. Yeah, it was the night of the speedsters between Barnum getting a stolen base and Correa's wheels to score the game when you run. We were thinking up here uh, at some point, we were wondering if they were going to run for Correa, but as we know, that can be pretty dangerous. You don't want to lose your your good catcher just in case the game were to move on. So the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks, 2022 Miles Wolf Cup champions. Uh, Kevin, this was just a team, that a resilient team. They, they dropped three of four in Kansas City in the final weekend of the season to drop in a second place. You feel like they're entering the playoffs, struggling, that, that this team may, may not have enough in the tank. They fall behind in every series, losing the first game of every one, face five elimination games, win them all, and they are the champions. 
and you know well deserved and you know on top of that you in this series you lose your your power hitting right fielder in the second game you already had a pretty short roster as it was but then you lost uh, a John Silviano granted you know um, Nick Novak came in and made a good showing for himself but uh, you know that's pretty tough when you lose your slugging um, right fielder so but you know the Fargo didn't wait for anyone to feel sorry for themselves for them and they went out and did what they had to do to win a championship yeah, consider the guys who wind up kind of having to fill in for Silviano. Uh, Novak winds up going three for 11 in the series, has a double, drives in three runs in this, and, and had pivotal hits in both of the victories that Fargo had. Alec Olin had maybe the, the defensive play of the series with that huge catch yesterday down the right field line. Uh, Fargo finds out a way to, to not only go next man up, but to get when guys are put in a position that they've got to fill in, they deliver. And... Uh, you got to be very impressed with the uh, job that Chris Coe slash Anthony Renz have done in managing this club, and uh, you know, hats off to them. It starts with the management. Fantastic job by Matt Rao here and GM, the ownership group of, of the Tome family. They, they did a beautiful job with this team. You know, when you compare the, the rosters of Fargo to some other teams in the league, you know, it doesn't. Fargo doesn't really overwhelm you. You know, you got a Kansas City that with a John Hernandez, a Matt Adams, other former major leaguers. So you're saying on the broadcast tonight, there is not one guy on the Fargo roster that has pitched or hit in the major leagues. There's guys that play AAA, but there's also a lot of guys that it's been a pretty long stretch in which they have played independent baseball. But the thing is, they were a team and I think that in a league such as this where you play to win, I think um, playing as a team goes a long way. Think about some of these guys who have been with Fargo for three, four years now, Kevin. Leobaldo Pena, Drew Ward was here in 2020, came back this season. Sam Dexter's been around here for a few years. Nick Novak's been around here for a few years. Kevin McGovern came here in 2020 as well. It is a very cohesive team. And talking with Kevin after the game, he talked about how important it was to these guys just love each other and they can feel it. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I thought. Um, I thought it was appropriate that uh, Leo Pena got the game-winning hit. He has been here since 2018. Remember, 2019, he was pressed in the duty at shortstop after Yul Shamadina was hurt, and he made an error on a Michael Lang sharply hit grounder up the middle, which Lang told me should have been called a hit, but it was. <laughs> It was an error. Leo Felly probably should have had that ball, but I'm sure he felt horrible about that in Game 5 in the North Division Championship in 2019. So you know since then it had been eating at him a bit, and I, it was great for him to get his redemption tonight with the uh, game-winning hit and the subsequent honors as series MVP. Well, Kevin, let's not forget that the team that didn't win the championship here tonight played a heck of a series. That, uh, let's keep in mind that this is a team that lost their number one starter, David Holmberg, their closer, Nate Hadley, and the MVP of the league last year, Adam Brett Walker II, before the season even began. Uh, Carell Prime, who was expected to be a huge part of this lineup, didn't play in the series. He's been battling an injury over the final month, yet this team figured out a way to get to Game 5 of the championship series, and you have to take your hats off to the fantastic job that Anthony Barone did in managing this team and the way that they played. 
Oh, I didn't think just the adjustments that the team made throughout the the season too, and I, and you know, and during this playoff stretch, they, I mean, the starting pitching was not that deep for Milwaukee, but you know, they just found a way to piece things together and and win ball games and get to well the final game of the year. Fantastic night here of baseball. Uh, Kevin and I have had a great time covering what was maybe one of the best series we've seen. The first game five that we've seen, our, our five game series going all the way in the American Association Championship Series since 2017 when Winnipeg defeated Wichita in five games. They gave us everything we could have asked for and more in this, this season, Kevin. Yeah, you know, and even the season as a whole, it's been a, it's been a long ride, but it's been a fun ride. It's been a, a lot of great baseball and, and you know, the game tonight, it, you know, as we alluded to it, it was a little sloppy. You look at the scoreboard, five years between the two teams, but it was a great, intriguing baseball game tonight. And, you know, overall, it was, I thought it was a great showcase for the American Association. Monday night, Kevin and I will be honored to welcome the, I guess we'll call him Manager 2.0 of the Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks, Anthony Renz, will join us to talk about leading the club this year and, and all the challenges that went around there. And uh, so we'll be happy to talk with him and find out what he's got to say. And uh, Kevin, as we're kind of closing out the end of the regular season as we you and I shift into the offseason now, uh, thanks again for another great season. We appreciate all the people that have been on as guests this year, and uh, it's been an exciting year for us. Well, my pleasure, Robin. Thank you know, thanks for bringing me in the fold back in 2017. It's been uh, it's opened a lot of doors for me, or doors in which I never thought I'd ever get a chance to open. And it's been a fun ride. Um, it's going to be weird to I don't know what I'm going to do with myself now on you know on Tuesday through Sunday. So. It, is, is there other things on TV other than American Association <laughs> Baseball? I think it's the only thing on the internet we cared about this season. We want to say, say thank you, too, to uh, Josh Buckholz and Josh Job as well for their hospitality and, and uh, insights that they've given us this year as well. And we'll have jo one of the two Joshes on in a couple of weeks to recap the season with us as well. And then Kevin and I will begin a, a recap back each week looking over uh, the season through each one of the teams and have a player, a manager, or the broadcaster on to talk with us. So it, it something we've done the last few years. We really like doing this recap because it always leads to Brad Albert just before Christmas. Yes, yes. The, the Brad before Christmas. <laughs> yes. All roads lead to Brad Albert. Well, once again, we want to thank you again tonight for uh, joining us. For Kevin Loco, I am Rob Panier. We will see you next time on This Week in the Association.